All right, let me, uh, re- let me reintroduce myself. My name is Charles Rigby. It's so good to be here. Uh, I have been youth pastoring for way too long, uh, but uh, it's, 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 it's one of those things where, where God just hasn't let me go yet and uh, at least transition into anything different. I love youth ministry. Don't get me wrong. I will be a youth pastor the rest of my life. Uh, I just need some help. I, I need you guys to answer the call to Jesus in your life if ministry is what God is calling you to do. Okay, uh, don't run from it. Don't hide from it. Uh, we got too many of those young adults that are doing stuff like that. And uh, more so than ever, I believe that God is is changing the way ministry looks. I, I don't think it looks like you get a, you get a business card and an office in a church. I believe this. I believe God is calling young people, specifically this generation, to be to be hustlers on the side, get get your money, and then minister, like like for real. I mean, that's what Paul did. If you look at the Bible, that's what Paul did. Paul, Paul, Paul traveled around, he preached the gospel, but, but, but he, he, he kept his money right. He had his side hustles, he did his, he did his thing, you know, he was a, and I, and I think we, 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 we misinterpret the concept of, of church. Man, man created this, the four walls and the, and the offices and the business cards and all that, but, but I'm here to tell you that, that God, God is moving in a different direction. Your generation is moving in a different direction, and, and I don't think church looks the way we, we, we think it used to. Uh, and more importantly, that means the mission field doesn't look like the way it used to. Did you know this? Did you know that more missionaries are sent to the United States of America than any other nation in the world? Now, you would have thought it was something different, right? You would have thought like, yo, we go into the third world countries. Y'all, we need to get to Africa. Those people need Jesus. Believe it or not, I believe there's more people on fire for Jesus in Africa than probably there are in the United States of America. Because Jesus is all they know. Man, that, the session earlier with Pastor Roger, uh, that was dope. I, I, I was enjoying hearing that because he was, he was hitting some topics. And the thing about America is a lot of America has a plan B. You know what I'm saying? You know what plan B is, right? It's what happens when plan A don't work out. Okay? But in a lot of these other nations, there is no plan B. It's Jesus or nothing. Okay, that's it. There's no plan B. And so that's how I've chose to live my life. There's no plan B. It's Jesus or nothing. Uh, and so I've been in youth ministry for a long time. And speaking of mission field, I, I, I believe the, the, the largest mission in the mission field are public schools, public private schools, okay, public private schools. For me, as a, as a youth pastor and as a teenager. So when I was in high school, we, we didn't have like a, like a club, you know what I mean? And then one day, some friends of I, like, we were like, yo, we, you know, we should probably have, like, a Christian club. And so we did. We started this, like, Bible study. And we'd all, like, get our lunch and go together and just hang out and, and read the Bible, like, five of us. It wasn't, like, super crazy. It wasn't, like, you know, revival, like, everybody, like, laid out on the floor. It was just basically five friends meeting in a history classroom and our teacher would open the door and say, hey, don't mess with anything, and then leave. Now, I don't know how legal that was, but, you know, whatever. We ain't tripping, right? And so we were doing our thing. We're just reading the Bible. It was, it was low-key, for real, low-key, for real. And then two people would show up another week later. You know what I mean? I think we got, like, 12 kids all year. I ain't going to lie, 12 kids, okay? And that was my sophomore year, and it was started by a senior, Okay. And then he graduated and so kind of passed the baton to us, the big bad juniors, you know. 
we're not quite seniors, but we're definitely not freshmen. You know, we're stuck in the middle. But everyone knows the best thing of the Oreo is the what? The middle. Come on now, family. Say that. <laughs> Say less, my brother. Come on. So, so we was doing it, right? We doing it, right? We keep it going, basically. We keep it going. And it was definitely religious, all right? I'm, I ain't going to lie. It was definitely religious. We didn't have no mission, right? We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't fast about it. We didn't pray about it. If you would ask me, yo, Charles, why every Tuesday at lunch you guys get together in this history classroom and you read the Bible? I would say because we did it last year. You know what I'm saying? And if, and if I don't do it, then it'll stop. So we keep it going. So it was totally religious, all right? I'm being honest. Now we seniors, right? Now we seniors. And we're still doing it every Tuesday at lunch. But we added one. Ooh, ooh. We added prayer during break. All right, we added prayer during break. But where are we going to pray? And then, my man, my friends, they pick in front of the library, which at Madera High School is in front of everybody. And I said, man, come on, can we go, like, over on the side, you know what I'm saying, where the kids with all the trench coats and the black makeup hang out? Can we, like, where nobody can see us, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, we go in front of the library where everybody can see us. I was like, all right, man. All right, let's do it. So we do it. And uh, my friend pulls out of his back pocket this little thing called Daily Bread. Y'all heard about that? Our Daily Bread. It's this little pamphlet. It's been around for years. And he reads it. And we're, in a, we're all standing in the circle, all, all 10 of us. We're in the circle, and he reads it every day. And I'm thinking, this is cheesy. But I stick with it because it's religious. And I just, I just know this is where I need to be. These are my peoples. These are my friends. This is my youth group. I'm supporting them, right? I didn't have, I kept saying this is cheesy, but I didn't have another answer, right? All right, let's do this. So we're doing it. I'll rewind a little bit. Um, I didn't know this, but God was putting me in positions that I didn't know he needed me in. I ran for student body president. I won. Nobody ran against me. I thought that's weird. I ran for student body president. Nobody wants to run against me. So now I'm student body president. I literally had an office next to the principal. And the principal was a brand new principal. And I was like, yo, this is crazy, man. So I thought I had all this power, right? All right. So fast. So that was just a rewind. So fast forward. Now we pray in every day at break. Every day. You guys got break at high school? Y'all got break between like second and third or third and fourth, something like that? It's like a 10-minute break, 15-minute break. How long's your break? You don't got breaks? They did away with break? Just lunch. That's because y'all's lunch is like an hour and a half now. Just an hour? Bro, I had, I had 35 minutes at my lunch back in the day day. Man, it's because we had break probably. All right, so we had break. We praying. We had break. Check this out. Do you guys, 1999, that's my senior year. Y'all know how old I am. 1999, we had break, and I'm praying. And y'all don't know what happened in 1999, but... Pastor Rogers was talking about gun violence, right? In 1999, these two dudes blew up their school, Columbine, okay? Columbine. Now listen, Columbine happened, I want to say sometime in the spring, right? So we've been praying every day, every day, every day. We pray, right? We pray. And then one day, now we didn't have, we didn't have this when I was in school, okay? We didn't have this. So one day we're at break and we're praying. We closing our eyes and we praying. But I did the Christian thing, right? You open your eyes to see who's here. You know what I'm saying? 
And then you got to look around and make sure who watching, who walking by in case you got to give them a what's up or, you know, shorty walk by. You got to be like, hey, what's up, girl? So I opened my eyes, but I opened my eyes. I kid you not. I opened my eyes to kids coming to our circle. And I was like, what the heck? What are these kids coming and pray for? And they start coming and they start coming. And I'm not talking like two or three. I'm talking like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, until there was about 200 kids. And we had this mob. And we holding our hands, right? We praying, all 12 of us. We praying. And I felt this girl come in and like, you know how they separate. And she grabbed my hand and she's weeping and shaking. And I, and I knew the girl. And I said, hey, what's, what's up? Are you okay? What's going on? She goes, you don't know what happened? She goes, I'm so scared, Charles. I said, what are you scared of? And she begins to tell me what happened in Columbine. And she says, do you think it could happen here? Now, listen, gun violence, you guys are another generation. Like, unfortunately, we've become numb to it. Like, you hear it and you're like, oh, dang, another one? But, like, this is 1999. We ain't never heard of this before. This is, like, pre-9-11. Like, there was no such... The word terrorism wasn't ever, like... This was crazy, right? And now all of a sudden, dudes walking around campus with long trench coats. Like, we was like, whoa. 300 kids are praying. But they don't know what they're praying about. They don't know what they're praying for. And that stuck in my head. I remember that day, just like it was yesterday. And we had a chance to minister to every one of those kids. And we just, we just stayed faithful. We just stayed faithful to what we were doing. They said, what are we going to do, Charles? So I did the only thing I knew how to do. I said, we're going to have a prayer meeting. They said, can you do that? I said, I'm president of this school. Watch me. So I walked into the principal's office, and he said, Charles, the campus is pretty shook up, isn't it? I said, Mr. Pisk, if you trust me, I believe this is something we need to do this Friday at noon. I'd like to host, I called it a rally. I'd like to host a rally that allows kids to come together. I said, we'll call it a rally for peace. You know, I didn't call it prayer meeting. I said, a rally for peace. We're going to get my boy Mason, who's a trumpet player in the band. He's going to play taps. And then I'm going to say something. He goes, you're going to do it all? I said, I'll do it all. Just give me a mic. And so that's what we did. So these kids thought they were coming for like this rally of peace to come together, you know what I'm saying? A little vigil or something like that. But then I just grabbed this microphone and I did what comes natural. I began to speak life. I began to pray. And all these kids were there. Now, I'm, nobody got slain in the spirit. Nobody started yelling in tongues. But they heard the truth. And I was obedient. And it was at that moment I realized this is too easy. But I was a senior. I was gone. That's when I came to the realization when you have an opportunity of a lifetime, you have to take that opportunity within the lifetime of that opportunity. You only got four years in high school. That's it. Then it's off to college. Four years. That's it. 
And I know there's a lot going on. But I'm telling you, the greatest mission field in the world are high schools. The, the, listen, I'm not the only one that believes that. Society believes that. Every Fortune 500 company believes that. Nike is not marketing to adults. Nike is marketing to you. You have liquid cash. Dutch Brothers, Starbucks, they're not, they're, they are marketing to you. The industry of music is not marketing to guys my age. I might have the finances to buy it and afford it, but they're marketing to you guys because you will do anything to have it. And any penny you get, you'll put towards it. But more importantly, they know if they can hook you now, they got you for what? They got you for your life. They got you for your life. So why can't I hook somebody on Jesus? When everybody at your high school is trying to figure out who they are. Y'all trying to figure out who you are? That's why you dress the way you dress. That's why you wear the, the stuff you wear. More than likely, you wear the stuff you wear because the people you click with wear the stuff you wear. You talk the way you talk because the people you click with talk the way you talk. You joke the way you joke because the people you click with joke the way you joke. You eat what you eat because the people you kick it with eat the way you eat. And so forth and so forth. I've always said, I don't have to meet you to know you. I just got to meet the five people you hang out with the most. And then I know exactly who you are. But God is moving on campuses, family. God is wanting to move on campuses. I, I had no idea what, really what I was going to share. There's so much information I can give you guys when, when, it, when it comes down to it. But if you want to win a generation for Jesus, if you just want to win one person to Jesus, the secret is no secret at all. You just got to get on fire. Look, look, family, I could sit up here and I could give you first do this, second do that. But the reality of it is, is you have to live your life on fire for Jesus. Or no matter what point A, point B, point C I come up with is, is going to help. But let me tell you a story about some kids that got excited about the mission fields that they had. Can I share some stories? I'm going to start with my daughter because I'm a proud daddy. All right. I adopted a 16-year-old a year after we got married. I adopted a girl out of my youth group. She doesn't know who her dad is. She's the only legal citizen of her family. Okay. She started coming to my youth group when she was in fourth grade because that's the only way her mom would let her sister come to youth group. You got to watch your little sister. And she would sit in the front row as a fourth grader with these big doe eyes and just stare at me and worship. No matter how often I try to kick her out, I said, hey, you got to go with the little kids. She said, no. I said, man. And then the Lord said, let her stay. I, the Lord like, let her stay. And I don't know what it was about this girl, but I was just connected to her. I just stayed with her. I began to father her. I would, I would, I would, I would champion everything she was about. I'll never forget the day she tried out for softball. This girl's, she was the worst athlete ever. She was trash. She goes, Charles, I'm trying out for softball. We bought her cleats. 
bought her a glove, and I went out and watched her, and I was, I told the coach, I said, hey, if you cut her, I'll be all right, because I save on some gas money, like, praise the Lord, she quit. But let me tell you about my girl, Ruby. In seventh grade, in seventh grade, eighth grade, seventh grade, we, I used to work at Jesus Culture. I was a part of their campus ministry team for, for, for several years. Banning's a, my big brother. And uh, I took Ruby with me to a Jesus Culture event. And, and she just, she gets on fire. And we're driving from Reading back to Madeira. That's a five-hour drive. We're talking. She goes, Charles, you know, you know Kim and Chris? And I said, yeah. Well, they come to my school and lead a concert. I said, no. I said, no. I said, why do you want to do something at school? Because my school needs Jesus. Seventh grader. I said, all right. So let's start a club. So we did. We started a club. I clicked up with Youth for Christ. We found a math teacher who opened up her, her room during lunch. And I said, invite your friends. And like a good youth pastor, I'll bring the pizza. So we brought the pizza and we opened the door, and yo, guess how many kids showed up? Zero. So it was me, Ruby, one of her friends, and the math teacher, who's a, who's a, who, who's a, a Masonic Jew. I said, all right, here we go. And then the next week, I couldn't make it for some reason. I said, Ruby, you're going to have to do it without me. She said, no problem. She goes, maybe we'll meet outside. More kids will come. I said, good idea. So she met outside, and guess how many kids came then? Yeah, you're right, zero. Just Ruby and her friends. And they were praying. And then I called her. I called her after school, and I was like, hey, how'd club go today? She said, bad. I said, bad? Why? I had to kick people out. I said, you kick people out of Jesus Club. She goes, yeah, pastor, they weren't praying. I said, listen, we're here to pray. Y'all want to talk? Y'all can leave. I said, well, who was it? Oh, my friends, Brittany and whatever her other name was. I said, Ruby. So she kicked out the only two kids that was coming to club. <laughs> All right, so we in February, and we praying. Every, every Tuesday... I don't know what it is about Tuesdays. Every Tuesday, we were praying at lunchtime. 12 o'clock, Tuesdays, we praying. I'm in room eight at Martin Luther King Middle School. You already know what side of town it's on. All right? Rough. Gang fights every day. Middle school. But we there on Tuesday, we praying. And when I say we, me and Ruby, 75% of the time, just Ruby, because I couldn't make it every Tuesday. And then... She gets this idea. She goes, I want to host a talent show. I said, what does this have to do about Jesus? She goes, I don't know. I'm just tired of all the gang violence. Let's host a talent show. Let's do something positive for our, for our, for our school. I was like, all right. I have no idea what this means. That very week, I get a check for $1,000 from a local youth pastor. They said, hey, somebody in our church wrote a check that said this is for campus ministries. And they gave it to me. They go, I don't even know of a campus ministry happening except for what you guys are doing at Martin Luther King. Is it popping over there? I said, oh, yes, big time. Give me that check. 
give me that check. And I went to Ruben. I said, we got $1,000. Let's do this. Let's do this. We're doing a talent show. She goes, what's our prizes? I said, I don't know, $1,000. No, for real. I said, this is what we'll do. Well, I will, good youth pastor. I'll buy pizza for everybody, and we'll give away these prizes. So we did. We did a talent show. Four people signed up for the talent show. One girl that thought she could sing like Alicia Keys. She could not. Come on, seventh grade. How much talent are we going to have? It's eighth grade. Come on. And then three other dudes, one dude played some La Bamba on the, on the guitar, and I can't even remember what the other two dudes did. But here's the thing. We called it, we, we called it Stand for Peace, but this is what I did. We got a, I got a friend of mine that was a former gang member who literally held his brothers in his hands that they bled out and died. He damned the Lord for most of his life and then had a Paul Saul moment and gave his heart to Jesus and was going around preaching about how God changed his life. I said, will you come to this school and preach that? He goes, can I? I said, we're doing this talent show. It's after school. Nobody, no rules. No rules. You can preach Jesus all you want. It's after school. And we're not forcing kids in here. We're inviting them. If they come in, it's on their own merit. No rules. He goes, all right, I'm in. I said, yes. So I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how many kids are going to come. So I buy pizza for like 100 kids. All right, here we go. It's the day of the talent show. Four kids have signed up. I figure, you know, each kid going to bring like 10 kids and then a couple of others. So we're expecting between 60 and 100 kids. So we open the doors at 3 o'clock right after school, right after school. We got the music going. Kids are coming in. 10 kids, 25, 40. All right. We're doing good. Yo, then 60, then 80, then 100, then 120, then 130, then 180, then 200. And I'm going, this is awesome. And my youth pastor friend's going, this is crazy. We don't got enough pizza. I said, who cares? Look at all these kids. They're going to hear about Jesus in about 10 minutes. So we do, the, we, do the, we do the talents. And then my man gets up there. And he starts telling his story. And he starts prophesying and just, just giving Jesus to these kids. Now, we had a junior high in the rough side of town. Junior high. These kids, they don't sit still for nobody. Junior high. Bro, you could hear a pin drop in that room. I touched my friend. I said, oh, Holy Spirit up in this. This is about to get crazy. My man gave an altar call. Now, beloved, I've been doing youth ministry for a long time, man. I went to, I went to acquire the fire. I'm about to date myself. I went to acquire the fire. I saw Ron Luce. I saw people run to the cross. I was in a public middle school with a bunch of little hoods. My man gave an altar call. I'm not kidding when I said these kids ran to the altar. I'm like, I'm going crazy. We praying. I'm like, you know, I'm all over the place. Kids giving their heart to Jesus. We give a, we, we finally break off the altar. These kids are sitting down. I'm not kidding, man. These kids are like, Jesus, Jesus. I'm like, where are we? Where are we at? We ain't at no conference. We ain't at Thrive. This isn't no youth group night. These are hoods. 
And they're already chanting Jesus. They're having a time. So my man, my man, you know, he's done with his altar call. He goes, yo, I want to give it up. I want to give it up to the, to, the, to the club that put this on. If you were part of the Christian club that put this on, y'all, y'all make some noise. Everybody stand up who helped put this event on. So Ruby, my daughter, seventh grader, she's over here. She stands up. And everyone's cheering loud. They're like, ah! And he can't see her because she's a seventh grade little, you know, little chiquita, you know what I'm saying? Like, little pollita just, she's over here. He's like, no, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Y'all stand up who put this on. Come on, everybody. And everybody's cheering, going, ah! And she gets his attention somehow. She goes, I'm here. One seventh grader. One seventh grader. One seventh grader was obedient. Jesus didn't show up in some big dream and say, have a big revival meeting. He just messed with her heart after a conference and she started dreaming. She started dreaming. She got on fire. The Bible says in Psalms 104, verse 4, he says, I will make the wind my messenger. But I'll make the ones with fire my servants. And you want to know what I love about fire? Here's what I love about fire. Is that when something's hot enough, I just have to be close enough to where all of a sudden I combust. I don't even have to touch you. But all I got to do is be close enough to where the heat that penetrates off your fire starts to get me hot and burning and burning until all of a sudden I combust. And now I'm a mess. It was a week after I gave this testimony at my youth group that a bunch of juniors in, my, in our high school said, Ruby did what? A seventh grader did what? I said, yeah, man. What y'all doing? And I dropped the mic and they say, bet. They said, bet. No, they said, bet. And they started fasting. They fasted for a year. Every Tuesday after school, they fasted for a year. And I said, why don't you start this club already? They said, God hasn't released us yet, Pastor Charles. We fasted for a year. It was after that year, and I know I got to go, but it was after that year they started the club, and we didn't start in the classroom. We had to start in the gymnasium. We would see 300 to 200 kids weekly. These dudes, these dudes would get up on stage, and these are kids, not me. These are kids. And they would get up here and all they would do is tell their testimony. That's it. The book of Revelation says that it's by our testimony. That's all they do. They just get up here and tell their story. No teacher in the back. We had four teachers that would stand in the back that were waiting for me to grab the microphone so they could shut it down and say, this is illegal. But I wouldn't. I would stand in the back next to them and go, hey, that's pretty good. Huh? What my man just said. Kids. And they would just pass the mic. You tell your story. You tell your story. You tell your story. And then kids are up here weeping. And then we would start going out and praying for them. I say, find the kids with crutches. They would. They'd line them up. 
I got video somewhere. We prayed for a girl with a crutch. Her ankle was so big. She goes, I got to go to the hospital with my mom after school. I said, bet. Three of our kids start praying for her. She runs around the campus. Her leg completely healed. Public high schools, we see kids manifesting demons and in three minutes freed. I didn't pray with one of them. Kids prayed with them. Because they got tired of just doing what they was doing. And they saw an opportunity of a lifetime. So they took that lifetime of the opportunity. I, don't, I, I could tell story after story. Can I get you guys hungry for lunch? Can I tell one more? I don't even know which one to tell them. Ohio? Texas? Texas? So I got this girl as, as you know, we're, we're traveling with these stories with Jesus culture. And, and testimonies are coming in to us left and right. I'm telling Ruby's story all over the nation. Chicago, New York, Dallas, we name it. And kids are getting pumped up. Anybody getting pumped up? So one girl gets pumped up and she, she, goes, she goes back home and she has an English assignment. And the English assignment is she has to give an oral presentation about who she is. She has a week to write it. So she clicks up because she knows the Lord is telling her, tell your testimony and don't leave anything out. She's scared. So she meets with her youth pastor. She says, the Lord, I believe the Lord is telling me I got to do this for my assignment. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't think I can. And he says, I think you can. He encourages her. They write it together. She practices it with him. In fact, they met the morning she was going to give the oral presentation. They met for coffee, for breakfast. They prayed. She goes, okay, I'm ready. Ready. So she goes into the classroom, and it's her turn to give the oral presentation. And she stands in front of the whole class, and she tells her testimony to the point where she says, and if it wasn't for Jesus, my life would not have been changed or saved. She gives all glory to the Lord. She uses Jesus' name. She talks about church. She talks about God. And then she goes and sits down. The teacher in front of everybody says her name. She says, I'm just going to pick a name. She says, Karen, I need you to stay after class. You and I need to have a talk. <sighs> she knows what it's about. She, she knows she probably stepped over the line. So all the kids are like, ooh. Bell rings, everybody files out. The teacher calls Karen to her desk. She looks up at her and she says, Did you mean everything you said? She said, yes, ma'am. It's Texas. You got to talk like that. <laughs> she said, yes, ma'am. She goes, I need you to come in to school first thing in the morning on Monday. Because it was Friday. First thing Monday morning, I need you here bright and early. She said, yes, ma'am. What for? She said, I need you to tell me more about that Jesus. One more. Is that all right? Come on, man. Come on. You hungry for food or you hungry for testimonies about Jesus? Come on, tell them. Ohio. Ohio. These kids come off of a conference. They're all in the same youth group. They all go to the same church. Let's say it's run the city. Let's say it's run the city. And they're, they're, in, their, they're in their first period room. 
And one of, one of the kids just starts praying and, he's, and, the, and the power of the Holy Spirit comes over him. And he just starts laughing. He's just hit, just, he's just hit. And he's trying not to laugh. And the teacher says, excuse me, is everything all right? You know how the teachers be. She sends him to the bathroom to compose himself, all right? So he goes to the bathroom and he's just, he loses it in the bathroom. The joy of the Lord fills him in the bathroom. So much that it's bothering all the other classrooms around him. So they send security in there. Security gets blasted by the Holy Spirit. Now the security guard is blasted and the kid is blasted. By the way, another kid, apparently, another boy went into there and got blasted. Somebody heard him laughing from his youth group and knew exactly what it was. They just knew. They're like, oh, yo, 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 this is, yo, yo, something happened in the bathroom, yo. So they run to the bathroom. They get in the bathroom, they're just, they're hit. They're done. They're done. It's over. It's over. Security's like, yo, I got these people laughing and rolling around in the bathroom. What are we going to do? What do you mean rolling around? Were they laughing and rolling around? They didn't know what to do. Teachers are calling. They're like, they're, they're ruining teaching right now. We got to get them somewhere. All right, take them to the gym. Take them to the gym. So they take them to the gym. Word gets out about this. And all the kids from that youth group, they know what's cracking. They're like, let us in the gym. Let us in the gym. Pretty soon the gym is filled with about 75 kids that are just blasted. They're like, they're just blasted. They're screaming in tongue. They're praying. They're worshiping. And then more kids are coming and checking it out. And they're getting hit with the spirit. They're getting hit with the spirit. They're getting hit until there's over 100 kids in this gymnasium. Teachers are like, what is going on? What do we do? Yo, family, they shut down the school. They shut down the school. They didn't know what to do. They shut down the school. They didn't know how to explain it. They got a hold of all their parents. Shut down the school. I'm telling you, I don't know who you are, but who needed to hear that? But I'm telling you, your schools are ripe. Your schools are ripe. They say that, that, that the harvest is plentiful. But we only got a few that are saying yes. That are saying yes. Let me pray for you guys. Father, I just pray for every young person that's in this room that came to just with a heart of, I want to change my school forever. And whether they plant in the seed or whether they're harvesting what's already been planted, I pray that you give them encouragement today and that you would help them to do the thing that you've called them to do. It doesn't have to look like what it looked like at our schools. It can look completely different. All they gotta do though is be obedient and say yes. Say yes. Say yes to the heart of the Lord. Amen. Yo, thanks for kicking it with me today. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I went long.